Hello and welcome to the Holtcast on 7500 to Holt. You might realise that this isn't James Rushton talking, that's because he's not with us today, but uh, myself, Daniel Raza, and of course Cole Petham, who is on the end of the line over here. We're both over here. We're both very, very happy because Villa have just won 5-1 against Norwich City. Cole, how are you feeling? I'm ecstatic. That was amazing. Like, I don't even... We were talking before this and I don't know how to feel about that. That was just something that I haven't seen in so long and it was just like a spurt of everything that we've been waiting for so far this season uh like Danny said James isn't here so we're the duo that's going to take this one forward it's right after the match we're doing this on the Saturday the day of um so you're going to get a lot of uh, different fresh reaction and yeah Danny take it away I don't know what to take away here, mate. I mean, let's 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 talk about the game. Let's let's talk about the game. Let's talk right. Let's talk right from the start because I think obviously this is the same Villa team which uh, I think drew two all basically with, with with Burnley last week. So Dean Smith basically named a unchanged side. Uh, it was the same side which surrendered two leads. That was against Burnley, by the way. It wasn't just surrendering um, points, basically, uh, and we just. We, we we just seemed to stick with our guns, didn't we? And 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 in the first half, it immediately looked like it was going to be a very very open game because it wasn't just us who were creating chances; it was Norwich as well. I don't know about you, but I f- I felt ever so slightly nervy at the start. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Especially, it was a chaotic one to start with, and it didn't really know which way it was going to go. Essentially, like on to be honest, if Norwich would have nicked the first one, it could have been five one to them. We don't know. It's just one of those back back and forth, topsy turvy kind of things, but. Even with me saying that and kind of taking away from my own point, I, I even during that point, I think we looked like the better side. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, I, th- I think, I think we we did tend to kind of create the better chances, but I, it, look, it could have easily gone either way. I think eventually, what what ends up happening is that Wesley gets a little tap in that was off uh, Anwar Ogazi's assist. Now that's key because I think really this team there is a slight worry that they might have been out of confidence and. Look, they could have they could have reacted to the last three games in, in an awful manner. I know I've been I've, I've been awfully critical of them, as have a lot of fans. Um, and to to get that goal early on is something necessary. But I, I you knew they had to get a second. <laughs> but before we go on to that, what do you think of Wesley's first goal? Uh, pure luck. Let's be honest here, Norwich fan. Look, why would you call it luck? Okay, it's, it's your man crush. I know you're gonna big him up more than I am, so I'll give you that. But like. <laughs> Look at it from this, like Norwich fans will purely say it's pure luck and it's sloppy defending and that's what it is. I'll give them credit. It was a good goal and you got to think though, 99.9% of strikers should be tucking that away. Like the Norwich defender completely over jumped the ball and it was basically nothing but an open goal. But he's in the right place. And that's, that's the key with True. Wesley. Look, this is, I, I think Wesley, Wesley's a key thing here as well because he was, I'd, I'd have to say, I think he was the only guy who really seemed to get uh, a tough... So uh, he, he was the only guy who really got tough stick after that game against Burnley, by the way. And it was being talked about as his worst game in a Villa shirt. Uh, Dean Smith even came out and said that Keenan Davis was pushing him to, to get a start and take his place. And really, uh, to, to have a guy like that come in and, 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 and finish when he could have easily answered that by you know, just losing his composure totally, I, I, I think you have to say is... Uh, is, is just top quality. Uh, and I, I think you, just what you expect of a striker, though. I, I think we, we haven't really had that sort of key guy who's always in the same place, who's always in the right place in the right time um, 
Tammy Abraham probably was the best example of it last season. Oh, absolutely. And if you look at this, it's nothing but improvement on, on his confidence. We'll get into his second goal shortly. Uh, his first one, of course, did come in the 14th minute. El Ghazi assist. Um, El Ghazi had two assists today. I thought he did. There were so many players that did fantastic today. But getting back to Wesley, um, he's just one of those players. And I think a lot of people give him a lot of stick, including me, because it just doesn't look like he does a lot. But in fact, he does. It's one of those, I guess you maybe can call him like a silent hero. Is that fair? I, I look. I think there's players like Lukaku and Benteke who, in the past, have got that kind of stick, and I don't think it's totally true. If I'm being totally honest, I think you you see a bigger striker and you think, right, they're being lazy. But actually, no. Is Westy's in the right position because he needs to be available to be that focal point when the ball's left, you know, left forward to him, and it happens quite a lot. You see, you see the ball kind of uh, going straight to him, and he's got to almost be responsible for redistributing that ball out to the wing. So I, I don't know what people expect of him. Second half, I mean, we, we need to we need to obviously be careful how sort of far into the future we talk now. But like second half, he was tracking back like there was no tomorrow. So I I I don't quite know what to think from from totally if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> like he did track back better than than he has done in in recent games, and I. And I I don't know whether it's because Dean Smith has asked him to kind of stay in that position is is more what I'm trying yeah, to say here. No, that's fair. Um, we'll get off that for a second here because I did want to actually bring up something that just completely um, kind of ran away from me. And now I remember the, the Norwich call for Tyrone Ming's handball when he was literally on all fours. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was never humble. It was never a handball. Let's 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 be serious. If if so, we, we we talk about VAR quite a lot on this podcast, and I think VAR is becoming a key talking point in in any podcast. But he's basically his, his hands not putting him in a. He's not making his body bigger, is he? No. Like, wh- what more can you really do? Like, even if you kick the ball off, like off the back of his arm, and he's on all fours, what more do you want him literally to do? Just lay on the ground with his hands behind his back, like it. <sighs> It's just silly, and I think like maybe if that was um, us and we were down one nil and we needed a goal and that happened with their defender, maybe we'd feel a different way. But either way, it's not a penalty. I think people, especially with VAR in this era, I think we're just kind of grasping and trying to see essentially uh, what kind of, uh, in appropriate terms, what kind of smelly <laughs> thing sticks to the wall. Um, so in that sense, it's not a penalty. There's VAR calls everywhere, but like it's just something we've got to get used to. When it when when we're in this era in the Premier League, it's just gonna it's just gonna keep on happening. I I we got to try not to get into the debate again, but like I I do personally think there's there's something positive to do with that, and maybe on another day a referee gives that as a penalty and uh, VAR saves Villa. You never know. But soon after that, and is is the, I hope we're doing this in chronological order. <laughs> but let's get into that second goal, Cole. Uh, Wesley does double his tally, doesn't he? Yeah, 2-0. Like, what more can you really expect there? And I wasn't even expecting that. Uh, I think we have to give a lot of credit to Conor Hurrahan today. Uh, Brilliant assist to play him in. And I think, honestly, if I'm remembering this correctly, this is basically, that's like a a carbon copy of one of Wesley's previous goals this season. Front post beats his man, uh, first marker in the box, and just like an easy redirect into the far corner. Uh, Easy to say it's 2-0. And it's kind of funny, he doesn't, look like he almost enjoys scoring his goals it's it's kind of weird isn't it <laughs> i know what you mean yeah he's all of his all of his goals seem to kind of 
tumbling, don't they? It's kind of he gets a messy little uh, touch to it, and it and it goes in. But I, I know you, he's not adding that finesse, is he? As a forward, no. I mean, when I, when I look at like, when I look at strikers who love a finish, and I'm I'm looking at Villa forwards here. You look at like guys like Jordan Ayew, who like love a finish, and they put everything into it. Whereas Wesley just kind of he's an engineer, isn't he? He just he's just like let me. <laughs> Let me just do this as efficiently as possible. Uh, I want, one thing I find interesting with him is that defenders really struggle to mark him, don't they? And when he's scoring, uh, he, he seems to almost kind of get on the right side of a defender's shoulder, doesn't he? Whereas when, uh, well, I mean, whereas you know, when 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 he's not necessarily scoring, or when we're playing by the wings, he, he always seems to occupy the centre backs really well. Absolutely, no, like he just. I feel so bad now because I give your man crush a lot of stick and that being Wesley and it's not my man crush. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to respectfully analyze the play of a very talented Brazilian footballer. Yeah. He's just doing the simple things right now. And you had people like Stan Collymore at the very start of the season saying ML Heskey in there because he needs uh, a striker coach and all this kind of stuff (laughs) in what rubbish now he has what four goals and eight what more could you want he's at a 50% uh, I guess goals to game ratio and to be honest that's kind of what we needed hold on though Cole like I put to you that the Emil Heskey comparisons aren't all that wrong like I mean, I I mean this. I mean this in total seriousness. Does he not hold the ball up and 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 spray it like spray it around like Emil Heskey did? Uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, there's a few instances, especially today, where he did hold it up for a little too long and didn't know when to release it. But I think that's just a sign of a young striker. Um, so I'll take your point for that. There are some similarities, but at the same token i kind of think he's kind of completely different in another way as well um he's a tough one to kind of put a marker on because he's like he's honestly like a mixture of like a lukaku a berbatov and randomly just kind of pops up with goals like heskey did i guess you could say so he's just kind of he's a a mixture of so many different strikers and i think with that being said we just don't really know what to expect on any given day I suppose whilst we're on that topic as well, because that that is the last of the goals that he scored. So what what do we do with Keenan Davis at this point? Because he did he obviously didn't didn't get on the pitch um, even even later on. Is is Keenan Davis ever going to replace Wesley in that striking position? Are, are we going to see some sort of a a battle for that position, or do you think Wesley's really got that nailed down to his own? You know, being being the expensive striker that he is. Well, I think it's simple as this: if Wesley is doing his job right. In scoring goals and contributing in the right ways and we're having success he stays in the team davis is just gonna have to keep working and wait for it because that's what's gonna happen and it, it you know what there's always been rumors of us signing another striker no matter what in january we're definitely short there no matter what um so maybe come january it's time for davis to go on loan and get some more experience because I don't want to forecast too far ahead, but especially if another striker comes in, he needs more game time and needs to go out. Um, I guess the other thing is, what do we do with Jonathan Kaja? Well, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, what do you do with any striker that's coming back from injury? This is this has been an issue with us, actually. We've had it happen quite a few times. Like, Ross McCormack never came back from injury or lengthy spells out. Scott Hogan never came back from from injuries, did he? Uh, not not really. He never really came to cement his place in the time. I think he had a couple of times in Bruce's last season. No, no, Bruce's um, 
season of you know the the of, of playoff uh, what you call it disappointment when he kind of did go back on a run after after being off for a bit. But yeah, it's it's difficult betting a betting an injured striker back into the team when the Premier League is sort of hotting up. Right, like I, I think the only thing you can really hope for is that we stick around in the cup and that he manages to get on the pitch and get like the odd twenty minutes of action every every now and then. No, that's fair. I, I guess maybe we should maybe this isn't to end the debate, but who is our second choice striker? Is it Keenan Davis or is it Jonathan Kaja? Right now, it's Keenan Davis, and like it's it has to, you can't. You can't fixate that. I don't think. I don't think you can. I don't think you can say right. This guy is nailed on second choice striker because it changes. Um, right now, it's Keenan Davis. At this moment in time, Keenan Davis is a second choice striker. He's fitter. He's most recently scored a goal since. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I know, I know it's been in the cups, but he's he has he has scored for Villa this season. So I think. Yeah, he's, he has to be your second choice guy, especially because he's been so used to the system so far. If Jonathan Codger comes back in this team, where does he fit in, man? Well, like, what he can't hold up the ball like like uh, Wesley. No, I think he. I think honestly, come January, he's off. Personally, I, I I I just don't see it. It hasn't really worked for him for a few seasons now. It just never really clicked. He didn't um, epitomize what he did at Bristol City. It was we bought him when we went down. We had this strike force. We thought we're, we're going to bag like a million goals in one season, basically, and it just hasn't worked out and it's sad to see but he's probably off um let's let's move on here let's go to the uh penalty uh kenny mclean fouled john mcginn and uh wesley had a some sort of penalty danny do you want to explain this <laughs> um you know whenever you see a guy like do a slow run-up yeah i've lost confidence man <laughs> it's not going in <laughs> listen this might be a really british attitude Right, but I'm really Brexit in my penalty, um, in my penalty ideals, in my penalty morals. Just whack it, man. Just, just, just go with power, because, like, if you go, if you try to finesse it like that, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, you, 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 are lowering the probability of that going in. You're giving the keeper more time. Um, and I think he just tried too hard to place that, to be honest. And you know, really, if the keeper dives the right way on that, he's, he's, he's saving it. So it was, uh, it was a pretty poor penalty. Mind? I mean, did, did he look a bit nervous to you, Cole? I can't tell if he's nervous or he's overconfident or even what emotion is in his face. It's just blank, twenty four seven. So you don't even know what's going through the guy's head. Like it was just like my grandma is almost eighty years old and she is not the greatest mm. walker anymore, and she could have probably taken that quicker than he did. Like that was slow. If you didn't see that game, what's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of it? Like, why do why 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 do strikers do that, and why particularly does it happen with like Brazilian footballers? For example, I think you honestly, if I'm comparing this to especially something like the NHL for hockey, there you see a lot of people take really slow startups on penalties. Like, I don't know if it's more of like a I'm going to start off slow and then kind of go quick with a shot to the unsuspecting like right corner when I'm looking left. Like he just kind of didn't really look anywhere and. It, I don't know. It, it was kind of obvious he was going to the left like the whole time. His whole body was curving that way. So um, <laughs> I would have, yeah, it's yeah. easy to say now, but I kind of thought, like, I understand why he took it because he's on for a hat trick and obviously he didn't get it. But I would have just been safe and given that to John McGinn because if you're the one fouled and you're as good as John McGinn is, then 
I'd just be giving it to him. Do you know what's funny about Wesley? I, I, I don't think he can power goals. I don't think, like, you look at him, you think he's six foot four. He's like John Carew. He's going to smash something into the back of the net. He likes tappings. And he likes, I mean, I, I know he said it's not very pretty, but he likes placing it, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I, he doesn't seem to 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 want to unleash on anything. I mean, that's Benteke, you know, in comparison. He's smashing that into the back of the net. Yeah, I've had, actually, I've seen a few people on Twitter, especially after the second goal. I don't know if they're a Norwich fans, maybe better who it was, but saying he's a tap-in merchant. I'll take a tap-in merchant. If he's scoring goals, I don't care. Like <laughs> Michael Owen was a tap-in exactly, merchant. Exactly, and look how boring he is on TV. But anyways, that's another um, <laughs> kind of another <laughs> thing that we're getting off here. Um, but anyways, yeah, so Wesley missed the penalty. It stays at 2-0, and, and then you're kind of worrying because is this the villa of i guess earlier on in the season is this where norwich get the advantage they're going to come back into it and to be honest they just oh they just, it is they just never did it no uh norwich it, they looked very good in the first half if i'm being honest i'm surprised that we didn't concede much of that was down to tyrone mings who just starts throwing his body everywhere basically i think i heard something that uh, like Heard somebody say basically like he seemed like the only defender that wanted to defend in the whole game. I mean, especially from the, the start. To be fair to him, I mean, to, I mean, to, to be fair to the rest of them, I, th- I thought I thought the defenders had a decent game. But you know what, you've got to be careful of with Norwich, and that is the fact that they're so good at getting in behind. I think we discussed this sort of like last week. Cantwell knows Pookie, and Pookie knows Steepman, and that triangle is just oh, they 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 found a lot of ways through that Villa defense. I don't know how they didn't put one in the back of the net it, it it's tough to say it was kind of it, like even though we won 5-1 I still kind of think it was just uh the story of two upcoming teams newly promoted teams a little it, I thought the game overall was very sloppy on both ends but that's kind of what you expect from newly promoted sides so it is what it is uh I'm a little concerned especially with our run of fixtures going forward like you got to think we're playing Man City soon we're playing some of the big boys very, very soon. Those things, mm. even if you want to nick a point, they really have to be tightened up. Like really have to be tightened up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, what Stephenman misses, you know, Riyad Mahrez puts away or Sterling puts away, right? Salah puts away, Mane puts it away. I mean, look, Pookie's being talked about as like this massive finisher, but he's gone off the boil. And honestly, Norwich haven't been scoring many goals recently. Look, a clean sheet against Norwich or you know, conceding just one against Norwich, it's not a massive achievement. It's a big achievement today because of you know, because of the way that, that Tyrone Mings played. Sure, sure. But you know, you look at Norwich's last few games; they've gone off the boil, and a lot of people have been talking about that. And honestly, they don't look like a they don't look like an informed side. No, and I think uh, I saw some tweet. Maybe it was from Michael Bailey, or maybe I shouldn't misquote someone. I can't remember who exactly, but they're almost questioning if Norwich peaked too early, and maybe that's a question for them. I think Pookie's. Gary Lineker said it. Well, Gary Lineker said it. I think Pookie's had a hand. I think he scored six, assisted one. So he's had a hand in seven of Norwich's eight Premier League goals. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm saying that right. Or actually, sorry, I guess I should say seven out of nine because they did score late. We'll get to that at some point. Um, but okay, uh, yeah. no, that's that's concerning, especially for them. And you got to think there's a lot of Villa fans were very concerned even going into this game, thinking if we don't win this, uh, we're essentially relegation fodder and everyone's comparing us to Fulham. Well, now it's a completely different aspect. I think we're up to what, like 14th or something like that. So it's just kind of the whole principle that things can change so fastly and just kind of enjoy the ride. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think you've got to enjoy the ride. I think uh, I've, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of um, sort of uh, smug fans as well on Twitter, kind of <laughs> talking about how 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 well Villa played in comparison. And it's like, look, things change quickly, don't they? In the Premier League, they they do they do change very quickly. One day, Norwich City are, are beating Manchester City three two, but that form goes out the window sometimes. And in the same way, Villa might have turned a page today. Um, but you know what? I have to say, even going into half time, I was ever so slightly worried. Yeah, you, st- you still had in the back of your head that that you know they might have they might have thrown it away. But but alas, like <laughs> it it was it was it was just different, wasn't it? At half time, something changed. Something changed, and it was we we totally changed our style of play somehow. I, I'm not sure whether. Dean Smith had like purposefully um, asked Villa to play differently because they, they he wanted us to kind of play more to a way that suited us hanging on. But suddenly all the attacks coming from Jack Grealish. Oh, absolutely. The thing that I thought, especially coming out in the second half, and if anyone has enough time in their lives to somehow go back to like the halfway point, like the, just to start at halftime or second. Wow, I can't get my words out today. Sorry, people. The start of the second half. <laughs> if you look at the first 15 seconds to 30 seconds of that second half on all of our games, you can kind of see the way the second half's going. Usually we're very sluggish, slow. It just doesn't work. And this one, we just kind of kept going where we left off and we just kind of kept pressing down on their throats. And it was proven through Jack, uh, Jack Grealish's goal with Al Ghazi getting a second assist. And I think that's the goal that essentially Jack Grealish need needed and the fans needed essentially. Yeah, it was it was a typical Grealish goal as well, wasn't it? And uh, you know Norwich again just defended. They defended awfully, didn't they? They they defended awfully, and I think Grealish was just sort of free in his position. I think he was, and and he, he banged it in. But you know he he really played well in his position. The the move, I think. To me, it almost looked like he was he was right up and right up close to Wesley. Wesley seemed to take the defenders away from everybody. I don't, I don't know um, whether again that was that was some sort of a, stat, a, a tactic, but he just Grealish had space like everywhere. Oh, he's, I, I don't know whether to attribute that to Norwich or, or or what. He's just a little wizard. I love it. Like we have an Irish wizard and an English wizard. That's what I say. But uh, it, it's good to see because especially after this goal. Um, Norwich, like I'll give them all the credit in the world. Even if it was five nil, they were still going for it. And especially after three nil, they were still going for that goal. And I, I appreciate that because at least you want to give your fans something. But it was just more of the same. They left themselves open and kind of to pass over Grealish's goal a little bit with a short mm-hmm. summary. Right next was Target giving it to her hand, and in the sixty first minute, it was four <laughs> nil. Like that was. That was awesome. That was a great goal. As soon as you could see him kind of, he gives like a little bit of like a, a Y stance. And as soon as he's set up like that, you just know it's going in the back of the net. Connor Hurahan scores goals. I will continue to say this. That guy is hungry for a man. And like, I think Target has a little bit of a laugh afterwards as well. Kind of looking at Hurahan as though he wanted to hit it himself kind of thing. But Hurahan, when he's got space like that, you just know he's, he, can, he can whack it on his left peg. And what I love about him is he always seems to have something to prove. And you can see that in his shots. And I think the, the problem a lot of people had with Hurahan was, sorry, I should, I should restate Hurahan. Uh, the problem a lot of people have had with Hurahan is that he goes missing sometimes when he starts. But 
he seemed to have a lot of freedom. I think McGinn seemed to step back a little bit today and that sort of allowed him to push a little bit further forward. We seem to have real width with Grealish out wide, but I felt like Haurahan almost played as more of an attacking midfielder. So he he was he was looking for the free spaces to hit it continuously. But again, Norwich just sit off. Nobody is going towards Haurahan there. And he's just easily, easily shooting it from outside the box. Oh, absolutely. And we had it was just like it was almost like a pickup game. We had like four people outside their box constantly ready for a shot and they just didn't really seem to bo- to be bothered with anyone outside the box and most of our goals were coming out from so- outside the box so it works <laughs> well, no, no, none of the second half goals were, were tappings no nope. <laughs> none of them were tappings i mean even even wesley's later on when he comes on and obviously he he, he comes on in place of howrahan a little bit later on howrahan getting a little bit uh he, he seemed <laughs> he seemed to be just touching uh touching away and, and you know getting getting a yellow card there and then and almost looking like he was potentially going to get himself sent off um when Douglas Louise comes on look he Douglas Louise only scores from outside the box but again free position curls it in uh and and villagers seem to have i think they know when teams sit back that we've struggled to score goals oh I think we've been saying this a little bit, haven't we? Absolutely. We, we seem to only we seem to at the start of the season the problem's been we've only been able to score them on the counter. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like we had, I, I didn't look up. Maybe you can look it up now while I'm chatting. Um, I don't know what the possession was exactly because we're literally doing this like 15 minutes after the match, so we haven't really looked at a lot of stats. Um, it, it just didn't like, even though we did have a, a few counters that were good we just seem to control it and just pick them off. And I think a lot of praise in my opinion, and we haven't even mentioned really much besides the hurricane assist, Matty target. How much better does he make that left side look? Right. Matty target. Let's get onto him in a sec. But before, before we do, you asked that question about possession, right? Yes. Right. And we, don't worry. We've got, we've got Matty target in the back of it. Uh, how, what, what do you want to have a guess at the possession? I'm going to go... Uh, okay, well, we'll do a first one. So I'm going to say Villa had the most possession. <laughs> That's my first guess. Okay, okay. And uh, how much possession do you think they had uh, over Norwich? 63. Right. Norwich had 58% possession. Oh, I was close, kind of. <laughs> Not really. No, no, no. Nor- Norwich had... No- <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Norwich had 58% possession. Oh. Oh, what? I wasn't close I, at all. My math sucks. Okay, never mind. Oh, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm not sure if Canadians do sarcasm. I don't know if it's more of a British thing. <laughs> we only speak in sarcasm. That's very true. Okay, my math sucks apparently. Okay, so <laughs> we didn't have the most amount of possession. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm leaving that in because that's horrific on my part. Oh, boy. No, it's fine, man. You know, you like, but this proves something though, doesn't it? I don't know what it proves, but... you. <laughs> why were we sort of under the impression that Villa had the ball all the time? Norwich were sort of, in that first half, they they definitely were threatening. And I do feel ever so slightly sorry for them because they do not deserve the 5-1, um, the 5-1 scoreline there. Um, but I think, you know, back to your point about Matty Target, I think he did look a lot better. But he, he, defensively, again, I don't think he looks as strong as, as Neil Taylor. I'll say that straight up. But going forward, 
yeah, he, he, he seemed to always kind of oh, get involved. I agree entirely. It's just we have two different left backs, like I've said, about various positions that can fit different circumstances. We'll see more of Neil Taylor, I'm sure. But for now, you'd have to say Maddie Target probably is the number one. Uh, just given how much better, in my opinion, we've looked overall uh, when he's in there. So hopefully he stays healthy. Um, we, we did touch on the Douglas Louise goal. Uh, Wesley assisted that. So he had two goals and an assist. That was the 83rd minute and Douglas Louise only scores, scores bangers. We know that. Um, and we'll kind of move on with he's unreal. Like, how do you come on after? I think what was the, uh, the last one he scored? He just came on. Did he not? Yeah. yeah he seems to just do it as a substitute. <laughs> It's when he's not playing in his. It's when he's not playing in his sitting position. So there we go. We have a tap in merchant, and we uh, and we also have a goal scoring uh, substitute merchant. So there you go. That only scores bangers. So we'll take that. Isn't the, that the? Re- sorry, go on. Hold on. Isn't that? Isn't that? Isn't that the reputation that Connor Hurahan's had for a while? Is it? Is he more than just a just a goal scorer? Because nobody ever seems to involve him in the conversation alongside McGinn and Greedish, and you know, all of a sudden, he's 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 he's, he's a guaranteed starter. Wasn't it, wasn't it for a while that he'd keep on coming off the bench and just keep scoring goals? Yeah, and they still wouldn't start him. It, it baffled me, and we wouldn't give him that opportunity. And Connor Hurahan exemplifies, in my opinion, everything you want in that kind of central midfielder. He gives you a little bit of everything. His story of how he's literally played in all the all top four, or basically all four divisions of the professional game in England is amazing. He proves what hard work and just grafting that out and keeping your head down and working for it does. And him getting a goal today just exemplifies that. Right. So here's, here's the thing, right? We've, we've mentioned all the goals now. So we've got Greedish has scored. McGinn, yep. McGinn wins a penalty. Howran scores. Yep. Mm-hmm. Douglas Dewey scores. Yep. Your only boy that doesn't is, is, is marvelous in the camber. One, one, does that matter? And two, uh, just what, what's happening with the midfield now? I mean, who do, who do you pick? Like, where's where's the sort of hierarchy in that? I think it doesn't matter. Like, to answer the first one, I don't think it matters even if Nakamba gets one goal this season. I don't think that's what he's there for. He's a Conte figure. He might actually nick in, like, maybe two goals a season if he's lucky. He's just there to clean it up, make things organized. Just And that's what he did today. Um, we'll get to the... Uh, Twitter responses shortly about everyone's man of the matches because we tweeted that out uh, from the 7,500 to hold the count and there was a ton of responses. So thank you for that. Um, he just, he he does this, like I said last week, he does the simple things right. Um, a lot of people paid attention to it today and it's great to see that. Now going into the structure with it, um, it's going to be different. If, if In my opinion, if you're playing top six, you probably want to go a bit more defensive even though I don't think Dean Smith will. But yeah, you have to think McGinn, Nakamba, and Hurahan. That has to be our starting three pair there in the midfield. What do you think, Danny? I, I, you don't change it, man. You don't change your winning formula. I know this was the same team that drew with Burnley, but yeah, you don't change the winning formula. What I thought we did well was we utilized the substitutes well. But I suppose that was a little bit later on, wasn't it? But yeah. with the game, we'd actually already won the game by then, which is funny enough. We never actually had a point where we needed to make a change apart from obviously when there was the injury to Engels and Konza came on and subsequently made his full debut in the Premier League. Yeah, he looked solid, like very solid. I had no complaints. Uh, hopefully Engels, that injury isn't as bad as it looked. Maybe it's just a little niggle and maybe the international break actually comes at a good time, even though it's a win and we want to kind of get back on that horse and keep going because Engels is ever so important. And But 
I guess in the same sense, if Collins is going to look that good, even though it was a short little uh, preview of what he can do, I'm happy to see him get in there and uh, see how he does. So obviously praising Collins' performance there, and obviously we talked a little bit about Tyrone Mings, whose defensive performance was off the hook. It was incredible. He was an absolute warrior until <laughs> until we're 5-0 up. That I had I had a flashback to an alternative reality where we're only 1-0 up against Norwich and something terrible starts to happen. But uh, yeah, Tyrone Mings essentially, with a very slow fo- floated pass, uh, chipped up into the air, goes over Tom Heaton's head and is basically buried by a Norwich City striker. Uh, it was a really weird goal, wasn't it? It was really weird because I, I don't give any, uh, uh, basically, criticism to Heaton because it kind of looked like the way the ball was dropping, he probably lost it in the sun because it looked like he was squinting a lot. Um, yeah, it, that's what, yeah, that's what I heard. Like he, he was almost looking into the sun at the same time. Yeah, so for Dermich to kind of like him, Dermich essentially the Norwich striker, and Heaton, if I'm just going to explain what happened, um, it kind of went off Mings, kind of bounced, and they both went for it at the same time, and Dermich's foot was just slightly above Heaton's to clear it away, kind of chipped it past Heaton and just tapped in the back of the net. It's an easy one. Is it just one of those things that you're cruising up 5-0 and it just happens, or is it just a complete mistake? Probably a bit of both, but... The fact that I'm happy with our fans about this is no one kind of went off and went, oh my God, we conceded a goal. This is a clean sheet ruined. I'm sure there's a few of those. I didn't see those at least. And In fairness, I was I was mad, but I was only mad because Matty Target was in my fantasy team. <laughs> Fair enough. I was kind of wondering about that too because uh, <laughs> I started creeping your fantasy league team halfway through the second half, Danny, and I was like, I'm really jealous. Pete, oh someone my God. had... I don't know who it was, but in the 7,500 to Holt Fantasy League, if we're going to talk Fantasy League for two seconds, someone had Maddie Target. Okay. Uh, they had Wesley El- in El Ghazi. Like, you were bringing in the points if we kept a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. Amazing. The only problem is that doesn't. The only problem is that doesn't brought that doesn't bring in points every week. No, and that's our <laughs> but, issue. But yeah, very good week. But yeah, that's what happened to me. So like at one point, um, obviously talking three o'clock kickoffs, mm-hmm. right? I had Burnley and Everton down nil nil, which meant I was getting points from Dean and Pope, and also I had uh, Callum Robinson on the pitch as well, and I also had Villa. But anyway, it just it just it all went to went to crap. But you know what didn't go to crap was the yeah. win, right? Five nil is a lot prettier than five one. Oh, absolutely. However, however, I don't really want us to be doing those things. If I'm being totally honest, Cole, I don't think we. I I think we should have been a little bit more professional. I just wanna I just wanna put that out there. No, that's. Really, that's that fair because, like, no matter what, you don't want to see those goals happen. Because even if you, even if we somehow won this, say ten one, there's still that one goal. Just the way it happened, it's one of those things that can kind of creep in the back of our mind. And especially with an international break, some people, especially the super negative ones, uh, not to really pinpoint them out, but just thinking, uh, is this still in us? Everyone can have a mistake. It happens. We're a newly promoted side. It is what it is. We scored. We had a plus four goal differential today. So I'll take that any day. What do you think this means? Like, what, like I was thinking about this actually. What do you think this means for um, Tyrone Mings on England duty? Because he has a yeah. great game. 
It's a fantastic, like honestly, probably going to end up being the best defensive performance of any player in the week, which probably says a lot considering I haven't watched any of the games. And <laughs> also there has been a lot of teams who haven't scored any goals. It's been a lot of clean sheets, but for him to then make a mistake like that, do you think that changes plans for Gareth Southgate? In I England don't think team? so. Because obviously this international break after this and Mings is going yeah. off with England. So is Heaton, by the way. Yeah, fair show. I don't think so. It's it's just mistakes happen. You see it from the best in the world. You'll see Messi or Ronaldo miss an open net sometimes. You see uh, players like Eden Hazard miss open opportunities. You see world-class defenders uh, like, I guess you could say, Sergio Ramos was at one point, um, make a lot of mistakes and get sent off about a million times. It happens. <laughs> Mistake. Um, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, maybe not for Sergio Ramos. That was a bad comparison. But uh, no, it, it, I don't think... In, actually, that was a great question because that's kind of where I want to go with this. I don't think it ruins his performance today. He easily saved probably three goals, in my opinion. So with that being said, mm. let's get onto the match balls now. Danny, I want yours first. Um, I think my first match ball goes to Prince George for that celebration. Just... I want to put that <laughs> one out there. Uh, yeah, obviously, the princes were in attendance, and that was that was good to see at Villa Park. Just throw that one in there. Uh, but no, I I think uh, this was, this was a struggle. You know, this was seriously a struggle because for me, there was three guys who 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 were incredible for Villa today, and that was Mings, Wesley, and Greedish, like one from each position. But I'm going to go with Wesley. Um. I was going to go for Mings, but I think just because we didn't get the clean sheet, I think that just... Mind you, Wesley missed the penalty as well. <laughs> so I don't know where I'm going. Uh, let's go with Wesley. I'm going to go with Wesley because he had he had the most criticism on him before the game. There was so much stress on the guy, so much pressure on him, like because he just... He, he hadn't been at his best. And for him to score, score those two goals, it sets Villa up nicely. If we don't go 2-0 up in that first half, maybe we don't you know, end up winning the game outright. Maybe we don't end up getting all those openings later on in the second half. Uh, Wesley scored two straight-up centre-forwards goals and misses a penalty in the process, but more than anything, I think just gives himself a lot of confidence and gives Dean Smith a lot of confidence in him. Uh, so that's probably where I'm going to go with my man of the match. What about you? Well, we'll skip me for a second. James has popped out of nowhere um, and given his vote. Uh, he's going with Wesley as well. So we have... Two to the big Wes that proved me wrong for my uh, ridiculing of him last uh, last podcast. He said, at the moment, it's big Wes. I asked him this at halftime. He said, stunning game from him in a lot of ways. Uh, shot down a lot of critics, uh, brought them back, um, and talk of the town were his little uh, short but effective description of Wesley's performance. And I do have to agree. I'm going to change it up. Yeah, cheers to him. He's alive. Cheers, James. Don't worry, he's safe. <laughs> um, after we made fun of him, uh, the few was it was it last week we made fun of him and he just completely lost the plot, or was that two weeks ago? Who was that? Who lost the plot? James. Remember, we made him so rattled about fantasy league, he just couldn't end oh, the podcast. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing yeah. is, that's, what he's, that's actually why he's not with us today. He doesn't want to talk about fantasy league. Yeah, he's still mad but, um, at us. But to to put it into perspective, I'm having a terrible week, so oh. you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's uh, harry, harry, harry kane harry kane didn't score i've never wanted spurs to score a goal so much in my life uh and that you know was a really sad moment for me so um hello darkness my old friend phil just won 5-1 no 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 need to be happy apparently but um 
my pre- <laughs> <laughs> my pre- personal success is more important to me than group success oh boy um i kid i kid i kid my prediction or not my prediction i should say my actually you know what my prediction before the game for man of the match i even said it to myself i was gonna go with Nakamba just because i thought he was gonna be the main person and somehow a lot of people uh kind of figured that out for themselves and he had one hell of a game so it's easy to give it to Nakamba. but i'm still gonna back my uh boy tyrone mings and i'm gonna give him the man of the match because no matter how horrifically bad that last mistake was it happens he saved like i said before probably at least three goals he blocked easily five shots and he just keeps the our back line cool calm and collected he's the leader on and off the pitch clearly and he just deserves deserves a lot of praise so i'll give it to uh big tyrone do you know that do you know that era by the way i i i know we shouldn't go by who scored ratings but you know who scored basically had him down as the worst filler player on the pitch that's how much you should rely on that's 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 but this is how much you should rely on statistics and and you know frameworks i guess so that's just something to put out there but anyways, um, we'll go to some Twitter questions. Maybe this is something we'll do in the future. I'll do as many as I can here. So I'll do like a speed round of comments. Essentially, we ask people for their man of the matches and why. Um, yeah, so Sweet. I'll go to the ones. Essentially, there's probably like 15 of them or just Nakamba. So I'll go to the ones that actually explain something. <laughs> so we had um, Alex Bailey at Alex Bailey 97 saying Nakamba cut out absolutely everything in Kickstarter uh, to so many of our attacks. You had Danny Raza himself basically trolling me um, as I asked for this question. Um, <laughs> so that was great. And saying Mings made us I didn't said troll Mings anybody. for the sick defending and that uh, Bantz assist Shinorich. So, so thanks for trolling me. Um <laughs> from there you had uh what is this guy's all his name is uh Bajorn angles defense force so very good name uh nakamba exceptional in both breakup and transition his excellence allowed jack to play further forward without seriously costing us mm. top 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 performance uh we actually had one for uh from i think it's matthew reynolds her hand and mings shame about the goal at the end from both uh port back pass yeah we kind of went on about that um, a million more Nakambas and Michael Miller here um, at MB Miller ROC. He gives his match ball to four players. Mings, Wes, Super Jack himself, and the Marvelous Man, Marvelous Nakamba. So fair enough to him. Yep. Wow. Uh, we had, uh, let's see here. It says Markoff. So sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, Jack Grealish, perfect way to respond to an England call-up snub. So maybe that gives um, the England coach something to think about let, let, let's hang on that one for a yeah. second let's hang on that one for a second do, do, do you think he deserves an england call-up no because uh, because just just to pre just to just to mention that to anybody who didn't who doesn't know the england squad was announced this week both tom heaton and tyro mings got called up but why, why do you not think that he should go with them uh, although he's our best player i just and, and it's, wait best player i would say so like overall okay yeah all right even though he's villa's best player I just think there's a lot of things that, especially from a national team perspective, that he still has to clean up. And the competition in that area of the pitch is pretty high right now from an England standpoint. So pretty youthful as well. 
Um, so it's going to be hard. Mm. And you know what? It almost makes you wonder. Maybe he should have uh, stayed and played for the Irish national team. Maybe that would have been the better one. Him and Hurrahan licking up together. I know you're English. I know that probably <laughs> hurts some people's uh, feelings, but you never know. Maybe that would have worked out a little bit better. Um, it doesn't hurt my feelings, man. I'm watching the Rugby World Cup at the moment. And I mean, I'm also a cricket fan. Okay. The amount of people who've played for England who, you know, aren't necessarily from, who haven't necessarily grown up in England is a, is a crazy number. But I mean, I think I think the thing with Jack Grealish as well is that he is a fighter, and I think I, I don't I don't want to I don't want this to come across the wrong way. There, there has been in the past England players, I mean English players, who have decided to represent other countries because they don't believe they're they're good enough to make the England side. Whereas I think Jack Grealish, you know, he's always been a key integral part of that under twenty three team, and you know, when the likes of Mason Mount are being called up and James Madison are called up, I can understand why he feels a little bit left out, but he wants to fight for that position. I mean, is he not better than Fabian Delph or, or Ross Barkley, oh, maybe? A hundred percent. They're, Delph is definitely, pa- yeah, they're different, different players, players, but I think Delph's definitely passed it, but having come from a Man City team and going to Everton, he's a great utility option because he can play two positions. Um, so I think mm, that helps true. as well. Barkley, I think, is just completely overrated, but that's just me. Um, I'll get on to two other uh, quick tweets here because I thought they were worth mentioning from at HollyGen86 um, saying, oh, wow, okay, everyone's going for Nakamba. I, le- um, I have to say Jack looked so comfortable in the new role behind Wes, made Norwich mm. look truly awful and kidding. What's to say here? And ran the midfield today and got his goal. Apparently my eyesight's going, so I'll just uh, have one <laughs> more here from brad wolf um he said it's a tough one today he's basically going to give it to everybody so you know what i thought it was a really uh good tweet in that sense because everyone did their job today so even for us to narrow down to one player i think we have to give it almost as a a team match ball in my opinion that's some gamesmanship man that right there yeah that that, that's that's the way to like I, i love that he even answered the question i love that like he wants to emphasize the fact that, that that the whole team linked up well today, and they did. I can't pick out a bad performance if I'm being totally honest. Can't pick out a single bad performance. One thing I noticed was, you know, McGinn obviously didn't um, didn't score today, but he almost seemed like he was. And obviously, forgive me if I'm wrong, but he almost seemed like he was really enjoying getting Hurahan and Grealish on the ball. Like he 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 looked like he was spurring his teammates on today to get those goals. Yeah, and even in the first like five to ten minutes, he just looked full of confidence. He had a few opportunities himself. Uh, I know his first shot on goal today. He probably should have passed it across uh, the mm. box, and that probably would have been an easy goal there. But you can tell someone who's full of confidence when they're willing to take those on. And to be honest, he should have had at least a goal today. And that's just something someone brimming with confidence. But. Danny, I think we've been rambling long enough. Let's uh, mm. let's uh, let's wrap it up there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, nobody, no, but everybody misses James, man. <laughs> I think they do because he keeps us in check. James is probably going to look back at this and go, "How the hell did these guys get don't, like?" Right? Okay, listen. Don't don't make him sound like a general. <laughs> keeps us in check. What's what's that mean? I'm giving him some credit here, man. Because you got to think he's probably going to sit there and look at the minutes and say. Okay, wow, this must have, they must have talked about a lot more than the, the review. And he, he'll be listen, he, James. Is- he, well, probably he'll probably listen to this, hopefully, um, and start to wonder after he's listened to it, saying, How the hell did these guys, these two idiots, get 50 minutes out of this? 
Can I just say, if you did miss James, right? James is a terrific journalist. Just want to put that one out there. Listen, if, 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 if obviously you missed him on the podcast, he has put out some fantastic articles this week. Get on the 7500 to whole website and, and check them out because, yeah, man, it, I, I really enjoyed his, his, his writing. I also read an article about his, about, a particular relic of Aston Villa's past, and that's as far as I'm going to go there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any further with what that is. But yeah, definitely check out some of his writing. Oh, absolutely. Um, the relic. Uh, we're kind of we've been talking about doing something special, just a little preview in our group chat, uh, maybe like a bonus episode. So maybe we'll do it something during the international break, since there's not much to talk about. Uh, re- like maybe, relics maybe. of Villa's past or something. But anyways. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, it's been great chatting Danny as always. Um, of course, of course you can check Danny out at, is it at Raza journal? Am I correct? Yeah, no, you, you are correct. And you can check Cole out at, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, thanks man. man. At talk Aston Villa. <laughs> I, I know his handle. This guy doesn't know my handle. This is how appreciated I am. But anyways, we'll wrap it up there. Of course, together, you can find us at 7500 to hold special uh, mention to James Russian at Jamo Russian. So get on him, give him some, uh, some stick as to why he isn't here. And if you're still listening to, to us at this point, fair play, we'll leave it there. Thanks a lot guys. Up the villa.